0: Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Kraus explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. Many of us have dreamed of owning real properties and luxurious areas with the hopes of someday replacing our physician income and possibly retiring to one of those fabulous destinations. Today, I invited Dr. Jellery Stenbach into the show to talk about how she has been successful in acquiring, managing, and leveraging the properties that she has to achieve financial independence. Welcome to the show, Jellery. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you for the invitation. I really do appreciate it, and I enjoy sharing my story. I am so excited. My husband and I, for years, have just kind of watched the rental market, watched real estate and all the, you know, if we vacation somewhere, then we'll watch the real estate for the next year thinking, oh, we want to buy a place there, but we've just never taken the leap. So I'm kind of excited to hear, you know, how did you get started? Why did you do it? What does it mean for you? Just all the questions. (laughs) So ready, go. All right. Well, in terms of how we got started, I actually started out.
0: I was changing positions to a different job in a different city, and so we were looking at possibly building another home. And so we had looked all around, and then we decided instead of buying a home, we decided we were going to build a home. And so we had saved up the money to build this home. We'd already bought the land. And while we were shopping for this property or this building, my husband happened to be He spent a lot of time in the car with the real estate agent. And the real estate agent was like, oh, that's my house, and that's my house, and that's my house, and I have property over here, and I have property over there. And that kind of planted a seed in the back of his mind. And then we also were playing a game called cash flow. A friend of ours had this game called cash flow. It is about how people are in a rat race and that you go around a large circle and that you are assigned a job and that you have to pay for your housing, your children, your loans, your insurance, all those things that come with that particular job. And of course, if you're a lawyer, it's more expensive. If you're a secretary, it's not as expensive. And your goal is to get out of that rat race and get into the inner circle where you have passive income generating money for you. And then everything just kind of gets multiplied. Once you get out of the rat race, then you have so much more time and financial freedom. And so we were looking at that and we just thought, maybe we're just doing this wrong because our mentality was has always been, well, if you just work hard and you just save your money, then in the end you get to retire and, and that's it, then that's great. But this was saying, you know, if you build a secondary stream of income, then there's that disconnect and you don't have to necessarily work in the job to be able to generate that income those things were in our minds and then when we decided we were just about to build that house and we'd actually put our other house on the market and we actually were at church and we saw something on a video it was a music video and it was about this person who was in africa and these people had nothing and they were very very happy And we left that. And then just a few days later, when we were actually trying to work through the contract of these people who wanted to buy our house, they were very annoying because they were countering back and forth for minor little things. And I was trying to figure out where we were going to live while we were going to build this dream house. And finally, I just called my husband. I said, you know what? We don't need this 5,000 square foot house. We really don't need it. I'm pretty happy with where we are. We decided we didn't want. To build that dream house after all. And we already had everything we needed here at home. And so instead, we decided that we were going to invest in real estate. And so we started our first house we bought near our university, and it was going to generate income. We figured out it was going to cash flow every month. And we were in it for about six months managing that. And we re- realized wait a second. We can actually make money doing this. And it isn't that hard to do. And those were long term rentals. And so we just, in the matter of three, two years, we bought five different properties. Wow. So, yeah. So now that's, this was in 2010. So that was all of the properties were under 200,000. And so you only have to put down a certain percentage of that. And so 20%, 25% is what we put down. And they weren't generating a lot of income, but we figured that in fifteen years they would all be paid off, and then all of that rental income would basically go to us other than the expenses. And so that was our simple plan. We just was like, okay, we just need five houses, and then that's it. And we'll just be able to retire with that. and, and then but we also didn't remember, oh, well, we have children, and oh, well, we have college and all these things. And but we weren't thinking about that at the time. We were just, busy. I was busy working and my husband was busy working. And one of the other reasons why we ended up doing real estate is because 2010 was not a good year for what my husband's career was doing. It was because of the recession. He didn't have very many jobs for photography or videography, so he ended up spending the time on those houses, putting in some sweat equity. And that's how that started. Then in 2014, I had a breast cancer scare. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made us rethink, what are we what are we doing here? What do we want to do in life? And what are our goals for the future? And will we be financially stable in the future if something should go wrong? And thankfully I'm cancer free and I didn't have to get chemo or radiation, but it was just, it was kind of a wake-up call for us. And my husband has always wanted a place in the mountains. I didn't really want a place in the mountains because he kept talking about being off the grid and I was thinking, I don't want to compost my (laughs) way. I don't really want to do that. So I would just be like, oh, okay. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to go see some land over here. And I would be like, okay. And I would just let him go do that. And then finally, we started talking about, well, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had a place in the mountains that would be a legacy property that we could share with our family in the future? And so we started looking for that. And we ran into, we were looking at a property in Grand Lake, Colorado. And the reason why we went there, we liked that area was because a friend of mine invited us to spend the weekend there at her cabin. And so that was, that was a pretty neat connection. And we thought, oh, well, maybe that might be the place. We started looking there and we decided we would stay at a short term rental beforehand and kind of get a feel for it. And we weren't able to rent the place, but we were able to get in contact with the people who own the house. And they said, oh, well, it happened to come up that they lived in Fort Collins. And so we asked if we could take them out to dinner. And they said, sure, we'll take you out to dinner. And I, we said, well, just wherever you want to go. We just like to hear a little bit about your experience. They were very generous with us. We took them out. And before we got dinner, before we got the entree, we had already decided we were going to do it because they said, well, this is how full we are. This is how booked we are, and it's been really profitable. And so we thought, well, even if we break even by our renters, our guests paying for it, then we're money ahead. So that's what we did. We bought our first one. And then uh, we've just gradually, since 2016, have been
1: collecting vacation homes. And now we have six of them. You try to keep them in the same area so it's easier to manage them? Or do you try to get them in different areas? So if there's, I don't know, a hurricane, they're not all, you know, taken out at the same time. What's your philosophy on that?
0: You know, I think diversification is very important. And yes, I, I think that that's a good thing to think about. And we actually do have two in Colorado, in Grand Lake. And then our other ones, we aren't as diversified as we like. We, we uh, ended up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. People in Colorado, when we say, oh, we have a place in Pigeon Forge, we have some places, they are like, what? Why would you <laughs> be there? <laughs> and we just say, well, it's because that's where the money is. That's how the math turned out. There are 14 million tourists that go through that area every year for the Great Smoky Mountains. So we just researched By talking to a booking company, we talked to the person in the booking company who's an analyst, and we asked him, where would you go? What are the most popular areas that make the most income? And he said, okay, well, there here are 10 places. And so we just felt that Pigeon Forge, Tennessee fit
1: more of what we were interested in. And that's how we went there. That's fascinating. You know, I'd kind of mentioned that my husband and I looked at properties And I feel like we missed the boat. You know, the places that we looked at 10 years ago are now two or three times the cost that they were then. Is there any truth to that? I mean, is it too late to get into it? Well, you know, as
0: time goes on, property gets more expensive, you know, especially if there's a limited quantity of that property and, and space. For instance, places in mountain towns with right by the lake, by the ocean, those things, yeah, they get limited and the the prices go up. And that is something that you have to consider, you know, the best time to buy. People say, oh, it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. You're so lucky that you got it in 2010. And I just think, well, here's the thing. In 2010, it was pretty scary for us to start buying properties. We weren't really sure what we were doing and we weren't sure things were going to go as well as we would like. So we started in 2010, but. Every year, as soon as you start, you're going to start generating appreciation and you're going to be compounding that. And so, you know, I think there are some areas that I am not willing to buy in right now. And I did miss one of those beach areas that I would have liked to be in, but that's okay. There's other opportunities out there.
1: Can you talk about some of the analysis that goes into finding a property? You know, what are the things you're looking for? How do you expect to know that it's going to cash flow and, and pay for itself? after you put the down payment? Well, there's a lot
0: of different ways that you can do that. There are companies that give analysis about income projections like AirDNA, Mashvisor, Rabu. There are agents who you can really utilize who know the areas that you're wanting to get into to ask them, what do you think this is gonna generate? You can also talk to people who are owners of the area and ask them how things are going. It's just a matter of kind of narrowing down the area that you want to look, and then you kind of have to deep dive into the details of that and find out, well, what are the regulations? What are expenses are included in terms of permitting, licensing, and then also utilities, all those things you have to kind of consider. And the other thing is you have to just also be a little bit conservative because some of those companies like AirDNA may probably are giving a pretty rosy picture, especially right now in this period of time, the market has started to go into a recession, and then they have data from 2021 and 2022, and so that looks great. But if you base your projections on the income on that, then you might find yourself in a little bit of trouble when you don't really get as many bookings and don't have as much income coming in. That makes sense.
1: In general, how long does it take you to generate income from one property, set it aside to where you have the down payment on your next property? Is it 25% on investment properties when you're getting a mortgage? Usually for
0: conventional loans, yes, it is 25%. You do have to save that. It just depends on where you are in terms of what you want for a property because there's a spectrum. There are some people who just want to break even you just want to have a vacation home somewhere they enjoy visiting and there are some people who just want to have it be exclusive an investment property so they're looking for the most cash on cash return and so it really depends on what your goals are and also what the market has available at this time and right now it would be pretty tough to find a property that makes 20 percent cash on cash Which a lot of people have said, Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't buy a short term rental for anything less than cash on cash of 20%. I think that would be a tough thing to find right now. So I think you have to be realistic about what you can get in this market.
1: You're always looking at, you know, what is it going to pay me today? But how are you able to account for? You know, what you expect the property to appreciate over the next few years versus what you're making today, and try and make those financial decisions too. Do you have a formula or a philosophy? Well, mainly my philosophy is mostly in terms of I
0: think about cash flow first because I feel like I need to have that income coming in and then the appreciation as a secondary but it kind of depends, like I said, on your goals. If you want to be in a really popular place, you might not cash flow as much in order to stay there, but then it still will continue to appreciate. For instance, several of my properties have appreciated more than two times what they were, say, since 2019. Oh yeah, my gosh. Yes. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, the Smoky Mountains has had some tremendous appreciation. And I cannot say that that's going to continue doing that, but it's been great. And I appreciate that because now I can use the equity that I've generated to be able to now refinance and and pay for other properties or just pay back on some other debt. That's impressive. (laughs) And I'll have to say that for us, since we've been investing in real estate since 2010, it has
1: done so much better for me than the stock market. I can see why. That's incredible return. Now, do you manage all the properties yourself or do you hire a management company to go in there and do it for you since they're remote? Well, we self-manage in terms of that we
0: manage our vendors. And my husband and I are a team. And so we work together to do this. And so he is more of the liaison and he's the guest contact. And I'm more of the person in the background running the websites, and tweaking the pricing and putting up the photos and that sort of thing. So we do that. We do have vendors and we have our cleaners, our handyman, our inspector, and we have our pool service person and landscaping people, electricians, plumbers. We have a list. So hot tub, uh, repair service. So most of the time we just manage things with our thumbs. Just text people and say, can you get this fixed? And that is how we run. Eventually, we would like to hand off some of those things because I would like to take more vacations. And my husband wants to do some things where cellular service may be not very good. And so we're probably going to hand off some of that during that time.
1: Is he going to make you go compost somewhere? (laughs) You're thinking about more of the boundary waters. (laughs)
0: Like a canoe trip.
1: Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah.
0: And he just purchased a transit van that he wants to make into a conversion van. And so he's putting in a bed and working on This is his pet project. And so someday we would like to be touring the national parks and camping.
1: It's a fun project. Something to look forward to. That sounds wonderful. Now, I know in Kansas City, there's been a lot of local legislation lately trying to limit Airbnbs and the short-term rental properties, have you run into any problems with that in the areas that you've chosen to purchase properties? Yes, I
0: have. In Colorado, we actually had the HOA, someone brought up on the agenda that they wanted to ban short-term rentals. We knew that that was going to be a possibility. And so we went to the meeting and they did discuss it. And it turned out that the people who were causing the most problems were actually the people who were living there because they were the ones who weren't respecting the speed limit. They were the ones who were not putting the trash away and such. And the great thing about that situation is we have good neighbors. And we made sure to discuss with the neighbors what our expectations were for our guests and that we wanted them to know that we did not want them to be causing any problems in the neighborhood and if there were any issues that they should contact us. And so by having those relationships with our neighbors— they were the ones who were able to say, you know, we haven't had any troubles with these the guests who have gone to this short-term rental. And so they voted it down. So now short-term rentals are still continuing to be allowed there. And we understand that someday, if that should happen, that they get banned in that area, then we also have an exit strategy. We know that that house, it can sell for more than two times what we purchased it for. And so we're willing to, To sell it someday if it should come to that. Or we may just keep it just as our own vacation home too. In Pigeon Forge, Tennessee and Gatlinburg, they are actually raising the taxes there. And they are also raising the permitting fees. I think it just it just will continue to be more and more regulated. And is just one of those things that we have to work with and take into account when we are looking to purchase in a certain area. Can you talk a little bit about how you promote your properties? So mainly the two main platforms that we're on is Verbo and Airbnb. And interestingly, I think it may be location dependent or I'm not sure if it's because of the size of the properties, but our houses mostly rent through Verbo. And then we also have a direct website that people can go to but I don't market it very effectively, and so we don't get very many bookings to the direct site at all. We do try to keep up with the websites and make sure to change the pictures
1: and the titles and to try to help with the ranking for that. Do the three sites talk to each other? So if someone rents on Verbo, does it automatically take off you know, the availability on the other two sites?
0: Yes, there are different different software platforms that you can use that can be centralized you can put these information into a centralized software program and then it actually coordinates with the other websites and it ends up pushing that information to all the to all the different websites that's what we do we use a software platform called owner res it's very robust in that you can change and tweak things to work the way you want it to so Whenever there's a booking, there's just automatic messaging that goes out to the guests. There's automatic messaging that goes out to the cleaners. And then they also get messaging for the guest instructions, their checkout lists. They get text messages. So most of that is pretty automated. That's wonderful. Can you share your website with us? I would love to go and look at all your properties. Sure. We have two websites and one of them is rentgrandlake.com and the other one is rentsmokymountains.com.
1: And then I don't know if this will be too personal or not, but can you share what this journey means for you? You know, what has it done for you financially? What freedom has it brought for you? Well, I am very thankful that we started doing
0: real estate in 2010 because it has actually provided a secondary stream of income in which it has actually surpassed my clinical income. So I'm an anesthesiologist. And when I say that it's surpassed my income, I actually am a part-time anesthesiologist. So I work 0.6 full-time equivalents. If you search how much an anesthesiologist makes, I don't make that much money, (laughs) but I work 0.6 FTE. And so the income generated by my rentals they are more than what i make clinically because gross for rentals including our long-term rentals we gross over a half a million dollars wow wow so, obviously gross is not the same as net you know it does it surpasses my clinical income and so that has really given me opportunity to be able to say you know i don't need to do overnight call anymore i don't need to stay late at the hospital anymore. I can give that away. It's not something that I feel like I need to do anymore to be able to cover my expenses. Next year, in 2024, I actually turn in my notice, so I'm going to be going per DM. So I'm very excited about that, and it's not that I dislike my job. I love being an anesthesiologist, and I enjoy, you know, taking care of patients. But the one thing about my partnership membership is that I was having trouble with my. Vacation scheduling. And you know, I get that they have to make everybody kind of fit in with what the demand is. And so it's just going to be easier for me to be able to go part time per diem so I can just work when I want to work. And then if I want to take off for a month to Thailand, I can take off for a month to Thailand. So we'll see. That's my, that's on my
1: bucket list. That's amazing. You're an inspiration for sure. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You have been such a wealth of information. I'm so glad you came on the show today, Jellery. Thank you, Tammy. I really appreciate you allowing me to share my story. Absolutely. And I hope you'll all tune in again next week for Grand Rounds.